Hello and welcome to Corner Comics, your mostly weekly comic book reading club. We were gone last week, but we're back this week. My friends and I pick a few issues, and then we share those issues with each other, and then we get together and talk about those issues. I'm joined by my friends Russ and Emmanuel. Gentlemen, how are you doing, and where can people find you? Well, I just had my COVID test, so I won't know until my results come back. (laughs) However, you can find me online, because that is social distancing. You can find me online at blacksuperherofan.com and comiccreatorsofcolor.com. Also on Twitter, at Walrus, that's at W-A-L-L-R-U-S-S. And you can also find my most recently published article on cornercomics.net. I am doing astronomically well, and you can find me on the gram at E-M underscore M-A-N underscore Y-O-U underscore E-L. After you're done writing all that and searching me on the gram, you can also find me at EmmanuelTheStory.com. See you there. Nice. All right. Well, like always, we have six issues. Uh, last week when Emmanuel told us that he wasn't going to be able to make it, I said, fuck it, we're not doing the show because we have too many good books this week. So we're pushing it to next week when everybody feels better and we can actually do this. Um, so we'll start. We'll go down the, the list of issues that we're going to talk about. Um, I'm bringing two. I've got uh, Superman, the Man of Tomorrow, number 14. This is uh, our current run, and this is part of DC's Digital First line of comics and my second book of the week is guardians of the galaxy number one this is the 2020 run um i've been following this run but i started with issue one because i thought it was a good place to jump on um even though they're they're still doing the legacy numbering and it does follow the the story that uh just got wrapped up um this is a book that's being done by al ewing who's the guy that's writing the current uh empire uh, story arc. So there's that. Russ, uh, your two issues. Well, the first book I brought is Green Hornet, number one by Dynamite. And I brought it because Matt brought the, uh, what did you bring? The purple? The Phantom. The Phantom. And, you know, how, and so I figured I'd bring a book of that style, something I thought was done a little better. And, of course, uh, you guys will be the judge. I also brought Bedlam from Image Comics uh, because I'm tired of these people making me read long books, so I figured it's my turn. Uh, And there will be others since no one seems to care. Um, This is a take on the Joker in a way, uh, uh, but it's an entirely original uh, book. Emmanuel? All right. So I have brought two dark books. Dark, not necessarily the art. Uh, the first one is by Image. It is Ice, the Ice Cream Man. This is, we'll get into the story itself, but yeah, it's a wild ride. The Ice Cream Man by Image Comics. And then the second one is Dark Knights Death Metal Legends of the Dark Knights, issue number one, the current 2020 ride. All right. I think it's a good selection of books. Two of them are exceedingly long. So that's part of the reason I picked my two. Uh, nice, short, easy to digest uh, books. <laughs> so we'll we'll go ahead and get into it. I'm going to start with my first issue. 
Superman, the Man of Tomorrow, number 14. This uh, is a DC Digital first. I don't know if they're going to reprint these. Um, but this sort of goes along with, I guess, DC's new strategy. Um, at the, the tail end of the show, we're going to talk a little bit about how um, Diamond is no longer the, the only game in town. And if you want your DC books and you're a store owner, you have to go through this new distribution company. Um, so I think DC is sort of diversifying um, their business model a little bit. Um, and this is one that I found. And I thought it was actually a pretty good book. It's um, sort of Superman Saturday morning cartoon if you will. Um, and I thought it was just a really cool issue um, with Metallo or Metallo. I'm not sure how to pronounce his name. Uh, the, the villain with a heart of kryptonite and a cybernetic face um, sort of looks like an old school 90s cyborg. Um, and it just sort of, I don't know, it, it touched me in the child. And I thought that uh, I would bring this issue. <laughs> so guys, what, what do you think? I'll go. All right. So this was fun. I never really think of it as high stakes for Superman when he battles Metallo. It's just, you know, he's going to knock him dead. You know, he's going to beat him and it'll be just the story of the week, the monster of the day. He'll move on with his life. This kind of tried to make you have more high stakes. It tries to give you the feels. I appreciate it for what it is. I wasn't necessarily pulled at the heartstrings by this because you know that it's Metallo. You know that it's a defeatable foe. Uh, Superman could legit just fly up in the air, laser, like I laser him, and it's fine. I mean, his legs are made out of metal, so he but can... that would be murder. <laughs> no, he, he could just do it as... He can just maim him, take out his legs and arms because they're not like actual limbs. They're all metal. So you can ground him and then have somebody else dispose of the body, or not dispose of the body, but put the body in a cell after he's immobilized them. I'm just, that it could be point blank period over with. But they try to make it emotional. They try to appeal to your higher self in regards to Superman might be dead. In his former battle, Metallo nearly killed Superman, which I have a hard time believing. It's. It's interesting. I really didn't expect the ending, how Superman would team up with another foe of his in order to fight this one. So that one caught me by surprise. I, I appreciate it. It was very low stakes, but it was entertaining. The art itself was very comic booky. I appreciate it. It's very much what you would expect from a Saturday morning cartoon slash comic book. So. Okay, um, this is a generic book. It's a generic story. There's nothing really special here. The art is okay. It's not great. It's just, it's there. It's easy to see and understand. But the low stakes of it, the genericness of it, makes me go, eh. I will say, I mean, I, I couldn't recommend anyone to pick this up because there's really not a lot of meat and potatoes here. Um, but I will say that I was surprised by the last panel. I did not see that coming. But I didn't buy the book. You don't buy the book for the last panel. You buy the book for everything up to and including that. And I feel like like the, quote, Saturday morning cartoon, you know, 
when you watch a Saturday morning cartoon of Superman, it's just it's sort of a one and done kind of thing. There's no real part two. You just if you just like Superman and you're a Superman fan, there is more of it, right? Uh, and so if you, you know, it's sort of a kid Superman comic in a way. There's, you don't have to be smart. You don't really have to understand this. Everything is explained to you. Everything is spoon fed. Uh, uh, you don't see any actual bullets come from the gun. It's very safe. You didn't have to hire your best artist. Uh, you just, you know, everything is there for more of a younger viewer's Superman. You know, a, a YA Superman. Yeah. So I will say, in all honesty, there is, you could pass on this book. Is it terrible? No. Do I recommend you buy it? Hell no. Do I recommend you read it? There's not enough story there for me to do that. So okay. I would say, in my opinion, for that reason, but if somebody just hands you a Superman book, hey, okay, I'll read that. Uh, but more than that, I couldn't say. Those are my thoughts. All right, Manual Read Bypass. All right, so from this, I would – I never really have high expectations for a Superman book. So I would say it's a read just because it's a Superman book and it didn't exceed nor let me down. It's right in his wheelhouse. It's a read. Okay. All righty then. Uh, if there are no final thoughts, we'll go ahead and move on to the next one. Guardians of the Galaxy, number one, or Legacy, number 163, I believe. Um, the image is a little tiny on my screen. Um so this is uh, the first issue in a new story arc. Um, it introduces a brand new character to the Guardians of the Galaxy in the Marvel Universe. Um, has a very cliche name, but some interesting powers. Um, this also brings back um, the other pantheon of gods that uh, Marvel has dabbled in in the past. Um, so for those uh, not familiar, uh, Thor was probably the most successful of all of the um, sort of god books that Marvel put out, but they also did Hercules, and they've you know they've done other um, from the different pantheons. So this brings back Zeus and Hercules and Poseidon and all of the the Greek uh, gods. Um, what are your guys' thoughts, and especially on Marvel Boy? I'm curious about the uh, the Millennial Guardian. I, just because I want Russ to go last, I'll go now. <laughs> all right. So I liked the the fact that they're all it's sets the scene where they're all just chilling, grilling burgers, vacation. That's something you really don't see from the Guardians of the Galaxy. They're always guarding the galaxy, already always putting themselves out on the limb for the sake of the world, for the sake of uh, the universe, for the sake of the galaxy. Marvel Boy, I have a question about his saliva. It's psychedelic. How? Like, I need a backstory about the psychedelic saliva. Did he kiss someone and they tripped out? Did he accidentally drool on something, somebody bit it, and they tripped out? I need to know. There are so many questions about your psychedelic saliva. <laughs> um, exploding fingernails. That's just weird writing. Um, yeah, I, I'm giving MacGyver vibes when it comes to his fingernails. Like, I don't understand in what instance would that be useful. 
you just like shoot your fingernails out as a gun. I don't understand Marvel Boy at all. <laughs> uh, but that being said, I have plenty of questions that leads me to want to read about him further. So mission accomplished, probably not in the way that they wanted it, because I'm curious, but with a hint of disgust, but I want to know if my disgust is warranted or if it's just me being old. I don't know. I don't know. Um, okay. I like the fact that they're going on a caper and uh, Rocket and both Star-Lord, they just they have the fight in them. They just can't give it up. I like that kind of pull. They finally have the life in which they fight for. That's serene. Everything is fine. We just got off a big battle with the religion. And now we're grilling burgers. Life is good. But then duty calls. So duty. they're fighting against their nature. <laughs> they're fighting <laughs> against their nature. And they go out to uh, fight another battle. So that's my take. I enjoyed it. And I have plenty of questions about Marvel Boy. And I will read more. So this is a it's a read it is a read because of marvel boy okay okay so just so you know marvel boy was genetically created with cockroach dna <laughs> that where you want to take it <laughs> marvel boy did have his own book for a while i think it was a mini series so if you're looking to go back and find out about this particular incarnation of marvel boy there are comics out there for you uh, I like the art of this comic. It was enjoyable, uh, clear, easy to, to get, and just sort of fun to just sort of look at. Some art you just bypass because of the story. This art sort of gives you know what you want to look, especially the sort of character uh, drawings. So I enjoyed the art of this book. I like the fact that all of the Guardians were in this series starts basically retired, and then some of them can't retire, which lets you know that most heroes have to die because they can't stop, right? They can't stop, right? They're going to come out of retirement, and sooner or later, some young buck, Marvel Boy, is going to come and kill him. <laughs> uh, uh, so uh, I get that. Like, you don't know who you are if you're not. It's like a, a retired cop. You don't know what to do anymore, so you're going to go police your neighborhood because you can't got nothing else to do, Right? So that makes sense. That seems like a logical conversation. Uh, there's also an explanation for the change in Rocket's behavior. He appears to be a kinder, kinder and gentler, bespoke-suited raccoon. And you know that's very strange, but they address it. They talk about it. So nothing is really out of sorts. Uh, uh, and it was interesting to see... Uh, this particular pantheon of gods, because we tend to think they are Earth-based. Yeah. Right? Uh, and, it, you know, that's interesting to say that what if gods are not about Earth? Is Thor Earth-based? Is, is he Thor to the planet, uh, you know, bootleg somewhere else? <laughs> is, he, is he Thor to that planet? Is he gods to all people? Is he gods to the Kree? Is he god to the scrolls? It just put, calls that attention and, you know, that into attention. So I like that it made me think about that, right, whether that was intended to be there or not. Yeah. And I'm just going to say it. I don't care if it's a revelation. Uh, I like Hercules better than Thor because Hercules don't need no stinking hammer. <laughs> right? Hercules doesn't. He's still just as arrogant, right? 
He's still all this other stuff, right? But unlike Thor, who's long-lived, Hercules is actually immortal, right? Thor will die. Odin has, will die right. over time. They may live a millennium, but they, they're going to get old and die. Hercules is going to be young forever, right? That's more, so my thinking is, if you're going to die, can you be a god, right? Yeah. Hercules, immortal. So Zeus, immortal. Uh, uh, so anyway, give me my Hercules back and just stop doing Thor books and let's just do Hercules. Hercules is always the best swashbuckling god there is. And we need to bring him in the MCU and show Thor how it's done. Uh, uh, because, and then I feel like Hercules is a little smarter. But then maybe not. Oh. You know, there's, there's conversations either way. Uh, but give me back my Hercules. And they did that. So uh, if you have any like for Guardians of the Galaxy and you want a new place to start, I say this is a buy. Yeah. If you don't, uh, if you're not really that much a fan, I think it's still a read. It, it looks good and it makes some interesting points that are worthy of conversation outside of the book. So I think there's something here that uh, makes it, that grants it readability or that everyone should take time to read it. Those are my thoughts. I have a question about Groot's speech. Why is he coherent now? Um, well, so you're going to have to read the books. He was broken. Some god of plants, the gardener, the cosmic gardener, or somebody fixed him. There you go. Oh, awesome. You know, there, there's all these cosmic beings. There's a cosmic being of gambling. There's the game master, all these others. But one is the, one of them is the gardener, and he is about plants, and he fixes them. Yeah, and I want to say that happened uh, two runs ago, so maybe yeah. a couple, yeah. three years You're ago. Way behind, man. You're like 50 issues behind. Get to work. <laughs> I am, because yeah. I'm just used to I am Groot. So... I, you know, so I was down on the Marvel Boy character until, uh, and spoiler alert, if you haven't read this, um, he, I want to say it's Hermes, he blows Hermes' head off, <laughs> straight up, just manifests a, a, a blaster weapon and just blows his head off. I was like, oh my God, I like this character now. <laughs> He's a dick. I don't, I'm not going to buy any books where, you know dick characters right i just you know don't get me wrong it's millennial and he's a dick he's got interesting powers i'm not going to buy a marvel boy book but i am willing to buy a book where he's a member of the team yeah uh, yeah i'm interested to see how his his character fits but he does have a book and he's a dick in that book so i'm gonna say go back and find that marvel boy book it's probably it's probably in the bargain bin right now probably yeah. it's short-lived and it's a canceled run i'm on it i'll fall in love with it immediately yeah, there you go. That's exactly how that was made. He was made for you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, any final thoughts on Guardians of the Galaxy? Yeah. All right. Moving on. Russ, your first issue. My first issue is Green Hornet. I want to say this is a black and white book, but it's more like a black, white, and green book. Yeah. And uh, uh, this is, you know, we talk about, uh, well, I've talked about, can pulp heroes survive in modern times, right? When you think about, you know, bringing back, if you try to bring back the Phantom, you have to do something to update him because that shit won't fly, right, in our normal world that we know. So 
this is sort of straddling that line and that it has the original Green Hornet with similar sensibilities to the pulp of the past. And yet there's still something, they're trying to make an effort, though not a full effort, to sort of modernize it. But I think that the story is done in a noir way, noir way, uh, or uh, maybe not quite noir because it's not that dark, uh, uh, but in an interesting way. Uh, it is comic booky also in a way, right? This is sort of how comic books were done. Like if this book was done 30 years ago, you wouldn't have to change anything, right? It's right. not a lot new here, right? This is exactly how it could work 30 years ago. The art, everything. So I'm interested to see you guys take on something that could have been written 30 years ago and be exactly the same. I mean, there may be some little things in how we do lettering and stuff that may be a little different. But everything else is there. This is very much an animated series looking book, I think. Uh, uh, that being said, what do you guys think? Uh, Manuel, you want to go first? Sure. Okay. You always so, go first. I like it. Um, the book itself, I appreciated it. Uh, I, it really reminds me of the movie. And that was my really first introduction. I knew of the Green Hornet, but the movie with Seth Rogen and Jay Chow, I think, like that was my first real introduction to the Green Hornets. I liked it. It fell in line with the action of the movie. And I really hate to compare it to, but that's the only other reference I have to go on. I, I knew that it was one of those old school heroes, those old school caper and villain type stories. It's nice. I like the twist on he is working at a news facility, but he is the proprietor of it. He's the owner of it. And he is in charge of the story of the Green Hornet. So he can tell the story about the Green Hornets, this dastardly villain. And he's the one, he's his own PR person. And he's purposefully making himself out to be like this anti-hero in order to get in line with the villains and then usurp them or not necessarily usurp them, but foil their plans. I like that. It's an interesting take on, you see Clark Kent as a news reporter. You see uh, Peter Parker as a photographer at a newsstand. So this person actually owning the news facility and spinning that story that way. I appreciate it. That twist, the era it's in, it has a very old school style look, but it also has like form now planes, like modern day planes and yeah. technology seems to kind of be off a bit with the, the art of the time. So that is interesting to me. I like that juxtapos juxtaposition between the two. It's kind of like one of those Batman movies where they have cell phones, but old school cars. I like the Michael Keaton and yeah, but Overall, I would say this is a this is a read. Simply because I'm not too in love with the Green Hornet. I like the aspect of them. It may grow on me if I read more, but as of right now, this is just a solid read. Yeah, I think um my thoughts are similar to Emmanuel's. Um I the artist here is definitely a fan of Bruce Tim because this looks like Batman the animated series. Um, and I, so when I was younger, I probably wouldn't have appreciated that. Like, why are they going to make the comic book look like a cartoon? But as I'm, as I get older, I do appreciate this style and what it takes to get 
sort of the finesse of like the, the way the characters faces look and things. Um, and I think stylistically it really pays off. Um, the monochrome, the monochrome green, um, does kind of work, but I think partially because I like black and white books. So if you don't like black and white books, I don't know that, um, that would be appealing to you, but yeah, it's weird. This book's sort of set in the 1950s, but it's not the 1950s. It's modern day. It's, um, I, I like that about it. Like, uh, the jet and stuff looks retro future or retro futuristic. Um, yeah, it's kind of interesting. I mean, we've got a couple of different storylines going on here. Um, cause it starts off where he's, you know, fighting the army and then it, uh, sort of goes into a whole nother story that's going on and where those two diverge. I don't know. Um, so you almost have to get the next issue if you have liked this issue. Um, but overall, I think it's a solid read. Um, I would consider putting this in the buy pile if um, maybe it was an off week for you and there was, you know, you needed something to fill your your pull list. It's a number one issue. Like, why not buy it and put it in your collection? Um, but, yeah, if you're coming back to it, solid read for sure. It was enjoyable. I, I liked it. So I have to ask, you guys remember the old Kapow Batman, right? <laughs> Yeah. Do you remember the two episodes where the Green Hornet was on there and they fought? I actually don't remember you that. remember Kato was actually played by Bruce Lee. So okay. there are episodes of Batman out there where Batman is getting ready, like putting his fist up to fight Green Hornet, and Robin is going to have to fight Kato. <laughs> <laughs> and, right? Just seeing that, right? So you have to go back and find that. I'm sure it's on uh, 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 YouTube. Yeah. Say Batman versus Green Hornet. See them fighting, right? And so that sort of, uh, uh, I was from, uh, that was my first visual uh, uh, TV screen uh, introduction to Green Hornet. Now I'm going to say this. I since have gone back because what it is is, you know, Batman had his live action Kapow series. I say Kapow so you know I'm, you know. Yeah. But. Hornet also had his own series, yeah. right? It's still there for you to watch. I actually found a channel on uh, my Roku that is just about those Green Hornet episodes. So you can pop it into your Roku, watch all the Green Hornet episodes with Bruce Lee <laughs> and Kato uh, uh, in his all his glorious black and whiteness. Uh, I highly recommend if you're looking for something from the past to sort of get into that that you can go out and watch legally free definitely watch it um when when you see him when you see Cato squaring off against Robin is something everyone needs to see in their life right? <laughs> <laughs> Burt Ward versus <laughs> you know versus Bruce Lee who wins that fight right yeah uh, uh, you definitely need to see that and then if you have further interest uh, definitely go back and watch those old episodes. Uh, you know, he didn't have the Batmobile, he had the Black Beauty, right? But he had, it was basically written in that similar style as that Batman series, which is why they were able, because it's the same actors were in the Batman when, you know, when they were fighting in, in that. So was the, that series was possibly happening at the same time. So it's in that same vein. 
So if you're looking for a reason to love it or to care about it, there's some free stuff out there for you to take a look at. I hope you enjoy. I would say if you are a fan, you might consider buying it. But I would also say that it's at least a read. Yeah, it was, it was pretty solid. Um, it's interesting that he controls the newspaper, that that's, mm-hmm. that's how, you know, where his wealth comes from. Um, Side note, the original Green Lantern, Alan Scott, controlled a media empire back in the day. Okay. So he was bigger than one newspaper. So this is not a new thing. Right. Uh, so if you're interested in that old school Green Lantern, Alan Scott, you know, it's a similar conversation here. Nice. Anyway, that's all I have to say about that. I will say that uh, I think Green Hornet probably holds up better than Phantom in terms of um, those pulp heroes. Yeah. Um, even though I was feeling nostalgia for the, the Phantom a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, moving on then. Okay. This is a book I found by mistake. It is an image book. It is called Bedlam. I just thought I'd give it a read. Uh, uh, and it's kind of black. It's like the green horde is black, white, and gr- green. This is sort of black, white, gray, <laughs> and red for a lot of blood. Right? This is a Joker-ish story. It's not the Joker. Not at all. It's hard to say there are not similarities, though. Uh, and this is not the same thing at all. It, I feel like it's more Joker cross slash Deadpool in its own way. Okay. Uh, in some way in the jokiness and all of that. But it's its own thing. So I don't want to make it less than what it is on its own. It's called Bedlam. It's on image. And it's writ for a few. I think there's a few graphic novels out about it. That being said, what did you guys think? I'll let Amanda go first again. (laughs) So, V for Vendetta. This is immediately what it reminds me of. Uh, If you have a character, and like Modern Day Anonymous, you have a character that is bent on the world being wrong and wanting to show everyone, like, look, the world is wrong. The powers that be that are controlling the world are treating us as puppets or treating the population as puppets. We can rise up. We can do better. We can do more. We're not puppets. We're not to abide by this law, this standard. Whether it's right or wrong, you're puppets. Wake up, people. Wake up, sheeple. Wake up. (laughs) So this is what I get from this villain. He's not a villain or murder for murder's sake. He is doing it for a point and it's not just for him it's for the populace it's for everyone he wants this mass awakening he wants he even begged to be killed so that others can live which was really weird psychotic and twisted and the government didn't want to do it they it's an interesting story i haven't seen anything like this other than what i mentioned about v for vendetta about this figure just really being outspoken about the world being broken and this is how you remedy it. So that being said, (laughs) yes, murder, Um, a very Russ like comic. So you definitely stayed on brand with this comic. 
I liked it. I would consider this a buy simply because of its philosophy. Uh, whether I agree with it or not, I think it's interesting. His worldview, his philosophy, and his desire to have the populace see things the way he sees them. Uh, yeah, it was interesting. I consider it a buy. The art itself is visually interesting. I wouldn't necessarily go as far as to say stunning, but it is visually interesting how it's kind of pastel, but it also is it's it's interesting. White, black, gray, and red. It has my option for opinion for. All right, yeah, this is a this is a buy for me. Um, I do have a question for both of you because I don't know if um, if you guys feel the same way or think the same as I did, but um, the black, white, and red stuff. Is, is are you of the opinion that that's all happening in real time and actually happening in the world? Uh, well, I mean, there are times where time is moved, like this happened and then this happened. But I feel like it's all happening in real time. Uh, you actually see in the beginning the grizzly murders. You really only see after he's finished, right? Well, yeah, except for the little girl. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so, and then... Here's the next question. Is there more than one of them? Well, so the impression that I got was that um, the the main character that we're introduced to in his apartment, when you have normal color, mm-hmm. um, that's reality. Everything that's black, white, and gray and red is in his mind. It's not actually happening. What if I say that, okay, so we get to a point later in the book where he's talking to the doctors or whatever right and what are they what is your take on what they're doing to him when he's tied down and the doctor is messing with his brain what is he doing to him what's your take on that i think that he's uh in a mental institution uh but it doesn't it look like the doctor is doing something to him that sort of reinforces or is recreating him um I'm scrolling through right now to see if I can find that mm-hmm. panel. Because the doctor looks like the Joker. Yeah, a little if bit. You look, right? Uh, but And he looks like he has an agenda. Okay. All right. All right? So who's to say you're, you know, and then he says you're already dead? Yeah. Who say that the original him did die? didn't already die what if this doctor is hypnotizing or implanting into different people so that this evil murderer continues interesting okay right yeah that is- all the when you look at it there all that there's a big panel he says well you know he says would you like to hear my initial diagnosis you're already dead yeah but i feel like no no it's true here let me show you right <laughs> so Right? So there is something here. And then look at the nurse in that next panel. So, no, I think that this is my view, right? Not reading any other issues, just this right. one. I think that uh, he's being recreated or re-implanted into other people. And maybe it doesn't take for everybody. And maybe that character that's not in the black and white and red universe is one of those people. Okay. All right. That could work as well. 
But it, but it could be time travel. So I don't, you know, it could be all in his head. I guess you'll have to read further to see. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, but the fact that we're talking about it like this elevates it for me. But it's still your turn. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, that's what I was going to say. The fact that um, you can look at it from a couple different angles, um, I I do appreciate that. The I'm pretty big on the artwork, too. I think the art was actually really, really well done. Um it has a sketchy quality to it, but it's um, it's more controlled than some of the other books that we've read and looked at that have sort of that sketchy uh, element to it. So for that, I, I really appreciate the artwork too. Um, I, I don't want to say that it's Deadpool. Um, I do kind of get V vibes, but um, thinking for another V word. Um, <laughs> but... Um, I this is like V if he were legitimately insane, right? Not on the right. border. Um mm-hmm. so yeah, this is a solid uh solid buy for me for sure. All right. I brought one from the past and made it a buy of the future. Yeah, this came out in uh what year, Russ? I w- I want to say 2012. Guess 2012? Yeah, 2012. You're right. Okay. Um, yeah, this is one that I'm going to uh, look for the, in the in the back issue. Yeah, bin. this is actually uh, there are already two trade paperbacks that already exist. Okay. So the first trade paperback carries issues one through twelve, one through maybe only one through six. I don't know, but there are already three. Two. It, you may be able to find it on um, since it's an image book. You may be able to find it on uh, where you get your digital books from. Comicsology. Yeah, you may be able to find it. I mean, with the image book, wouldn't it? You would think it would just be there. Yeah. Hopefully. Uh, but I I like it because it's not your standard fare. It made me think. Yeah. And it be somewhere that an average DC book, that Marvel book, doesn't take me. The other right? thing. The other thing that's Get interesting. Similar vibes. Yeah. Right? The other thing that's interesting too is the um, the superhero figure mm-hmm. is very much just in the periphery yes 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 uh uh, basically an iron an iron batman is just another batman in his own way right yeah yeah. but do we even know his name i don't know if they even say i think they ever refer to him as the first the first interesting i think Mm-hmm. That's that's who they're referring to. It's when the mayor or the the woman was up on the podium, and okay. then okay. she she kind of stepped down, and the guy started talking about his view on public and the murders and all those. He referred to this figure as the first. So I'm going to also say this is a longer book, the longest book this week, as far as page wise. Yeah, I'm the one who wrote the card rule this time. Um, but it's only just beginning. Since you guys don't care, I'm going to keep doing it. Uh, but uh, if you count the value for your money for one issue, you get a lot here. You yeah. get a lot of story, a lot to read. Uh, it's very much a filling cup, a filling helping, if you were, for the money you pay for this book, which you may even be able to find in the bargain bin. Yeah. Great. All right, uh, moving on then. Emmanuel, your first issue of the week. All right. My first issue is Ice Cream Man. No D, just Ice Cream Man. It is an image comic. It is 
issue number 20, uh, current run of the 2020 Ice Cream Man saga. Um, what did you guys think about this dark tale? <laughs> I want to know. Uh, you want me to go? go ahead. I want to know how the hell you even found this book, number one. Number two. <laughs> well, <laughs> this series has actually gotten quite a critical acclaim. Okay. Actually, uh, uh, talked about a lot in a lot of circles. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and go first since I started. Uh, you can, you know, correct me in a few minutes here. No worries. Uh, so, we all play video games, the three of us, right? Though not always together. Uh, but I don't hear that we play a lot of scary games. There's one thing, a problem with if you make a really good scary game, it's too scary for people to play. So they can't enjoy it. You know what I mean? Like if you make the be the better scared, the best scary game is unplayable because you can't finish it. Yeah. Right? So uh, uh, this is a scary book. It's a horror book. And it's fucking very well done. Right? The art is there. It is on point. It is clear and crisp. Right? And they talk about there's no, apparently no fucking taboo. <laughs> At all, MSA, whatever. We taking the comics authority shit out of here. Yeah. You say whatever the fuck you want, right? They turn. What is it? Uh, 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 they and they do different takes on different types of fairy tales. Mm -hmm. Children's one books, book, yeah. like three stories or so. Children's books, right? And one of them is a Dr. Seuss book. Instead of green eggs and ham, it's what wheat laced with milk. <laughs> yeah, right. And I'm and he goes through the whole night. Right? And I mean, it's not like it's a short version. There's literally the whole green eggs and ham, but wheat laced with coke, with coke is there in the whole thing. Right? Yes. And and, and, and and then you look at it and, like, and if you, get, you read enough of it, you realize, well, green eggs and ham might be the same fucking thing. <laughs> right? Uh, uh, so I'm going to say this. I really fucking enjoyed this book, and I will probably never read another. I don't like feeling like this. <laughs> That's fair. Paying for it. I get that. Right? Because it's deep. Like, you get the three stories. It's like a, <clears throat> I don't know, uh, Tales from the Dark Side, all these other, where not only do you have the three stories, but they exist in a, th in a world that is also a horror story. The stories yes. these kids that are listening to it are also the fourth ongoing horror story. And then his face at the end. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so, I, and so all these books are like that. This is a fucking very, very well-written book. I highly recommend you rerun and get the fuck out of it. <laughs> right? It is not. And don't let your kids anywhere near it. I say buy it digitally so you control that shit. Because if your kids read this, they will be fucking warped. It is not for them. Yeah. <laughs> it's for you because you read a Dr. Seuss book when you were a kid. And you read these children's books when you were a kid. New kids don't read that shit anyway, really. Right? Uh, 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 I'm and, and this is one issue. Yeah. Right? This is a whole series of these shits. Nope. I enjoyed it. It is a buy, but then you got to take it back because you can't leave it laying around. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, 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 so uh, um, it looks good. It's well told. Uh, uh, it keeps you involved. You don't get bored, right? Yeah. And then they just 
find a way to do extra creepy. They didn't have to put blood on the donuts. There was no reason. You didn't need to have the blood on it, but they have it there, right? Because they don't never let you get through two panels without creepiness. There's got to be some creepy <laughs> in every panel, and it is popping. It is happening. There is fear. All of that shit is there. It's fucking very nicely done. Read it and run. There you go. I'm done. I you nice. much you said it much more eloquently than I could. <laughs> this is this is seriously the most fucked up book I've ever read. <laughs> it's uh, but you enjoy, but you were entertained. Well, yeah, I mean, I just you you keep reading because you're like this can't get where, where does it get better? Where where do we come out of this nightmare? And you just never leave. You're just always in the nightmare. Uh, yeah, good night, girl who's heating a spoon. Um, I guess I'll <laughs> have my weed laced with coke. Like, what the fuck? This is so... It's so bizarre and so absurd. I'm I'm not surprised that um, it's critically acclaimed. I, this is one that totally eluded me, but um, the way that you described it, Russ, about like horror wrapped in horror... That is pretty masterfully done, um, and it's it, really intriguing. It's something that I'm, I, w- I, I acknowledged but didn't think about until you had just mentioned that. So um, that now that I can identify with that, I'm, I'm going to elevate the book a little higher than um, the way that I originally thought about it. But, yeah, the fact that this is a whole Dr. Seuss book, Done in the done in the same style as a Dr. Seuss book, but just totally warped. That alone, I think, is um, a reason to. to and own it's not this. just Dr. Seuss book. Dr. Seuss is one of the stories, but there's also two other stories that are in the vein of the other children's books. True. But the Dr. Seuss book took me over the edge. Like I was with it, and I I see what you're trying to do, right? I see. <laughs> yeah. See you. And then he went Dr. Seuss, and went full on. I was like. Oh shit, Dr. Seuss did make me smoke weed laced with coke the whole time. That guy was a drug dealer. Right? That shit is on Netflix. You want green eggs and ham, motherfucker? You know you want that shit. Will you have it over here? Will you have it over there? Because I bring that shit to you anywhere. Right? This is that whole thing. Uh 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 you know, it made me relook at Dr. Seuss, and you think, you know, when you look at Dr. Seuss, all these crazy words and all that. Was he trying to fuck with my brain? Was he trying to infiltrate my child consciousness, my paradigm, and throw some mess up in there? Because now all I can't think of Green Eggs and Ham the same way anymore. He broke it. Right. He broke my childhood with this book, and I'm not reading another book because you ain't broken nothing else in my childhood. Fuck you, whoever wrote it. <laughs> Yeah, um, that's it's a buy for me. For there you sure. go. But don't let the kids see it. No, yeah, they <laughs> they will. Well, I think if you're young enough, you won't even. Weed laced with coke. When your three year old, six year old comes at you and say, "Mom, what's weed laced with coke?" You gonna break that down for them? <laughs> <laughs> I would just tell them that I'll tell them a about soda. It. I'll tell them about oh, it. Uh, can I make some? Older. I see you smoking weed sometimes, Daddy. Can we make some? <laughs> <laughs> because I can see kids asking for green eggs and ham, right? Some people have found a way to prepare green eggs and ham, right? Yes. So now, now you're going to prepare some weed laced with coke? <laughs> you left this around for your kids? We already have some coke, Daddy, and I know you smoke weed. Let's make some. <laughs> <laughs> That's messed up. <laughs> 
<laughs> See? That's why you can't have it in your collection. You got to have a vault for that shit. Right? <laughs> all right. Any final thoughts? <laughs> nice. No, I said all my. I said it all right there. Okay. Read it and run. Last book of the I week. I am happy you guys have read it. Yeah. Last book of the week, Emmanuel. All right. Dark Knights, Death Metal, Legends of the Dark Knights, issue number one. Um, this is a story about the Batman who laughs infecting arguably the most powerful DC figure, or one of the most powerful DC figures, Dr. Manhattan. Uh, but in this incarnation, Dr. Manhattan is not John, I forget um, the guy's name, uh, who actually became Dr. Manhattan in the the series. Watchmen series. This is this is Bruce Wayne actually becoming Dr. Manhattan, but the Batman who laughs infecting him and then becoming the Batman, the Dr. Manhattan who laughs. Disgusting. Well, okay. Yeah. Um, no, I'll let go you go, ahead. Russ. I don't mind. I, if you want to go, go. <laughs> well, I was going to say this is that story, but it's also um, several others. I think there's like six or eight stories in this right. uh, anthology package. Um, they all seem to come from the dark, the dark multiverse, if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. Right? All these stories take place there. The yes. highlight for me, Batasaurus Rex. <laughs> not the bat, not not the the the, the Batmobile. Uh, uh, not not the not the baby. <laughs> oh, the well, yeah. There's also um, there's baby child Bruce Bruce Wayne murdering his parents. There's um, old Bruce Wayne doing uh, black magic and becoming one with the city. I mean, this is a. Uh, this is a pretty crazy book um, with a lot of yes. interesting stories um, and some great artwork. I like that um, you've got uh, the different styles between the different stories, so I really appreciate really appreciated that. Um, I do, I do want to say that I think the most intriguing story is probably the Doctor Manhattan one, which is why they stuck it in the front. Um, mm. But overall, it was a pretty solid book. I don't know how much uh, weight this is going to carry in the rest of the DC universe. Are they ever going to play with these characters again or these concepts? Um, but for what it is in this book as like a oh, kind of a, a, a what-if anthology, I thought it was really cool and I enjoyed it. It's a, I'd say this is, this is definitely a read, maybe not a buy. Okay, so I finally get why they call it metal, because this is basically Batman heavy metal. Yeah. I thought it was metal because of Ith Metal or something like that, and I never really got it until I read this book and I realized this is heavy metal dark versions of Batman that would exist in a heavy metal magazine. Like if heavy metal made a magazine based on Batman, these stories would come from that. So uh, I get that now. Uh, this particular book, for me, well, first of all, the question is, are you reading all the other? Because just like we're reading Empire, I don't know if you guys are reading the, mm -hmm. the Death Metal series, because this is just part of that series. So yeah, the Dr. Man part is actually a major plot point. 
So that if you're into that series, yes, that's not going to disappear here. Second thing I noticed is the art was great in the beginning and got progressively worse till the end. Right? If I screw, if I look through each story, I feel like the art got not to say terrible, but the art is best at the beginning, and then you see it lose some of that as you go from story to story to story. That's what I felt when I read it. Right? Uh, uh, you get I I so. I like the I do like some of the stories like the evil Bruce Wayne kid apparently the Robin who laughs is not actually a Robin he is actually a Bruce Wayne right right so this is the story of that Bruce Wayne right does it call him King Robin or whatever and if you know your history of Batman which you may or may not because you didn't read as many books as me likely Batman Bruce Wayne's first a uh, 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 costume appearance was as Robin. That was the first costume he ever put on. Okay. So it makes sense why he would make his own sidekick. He would make them be a Robin because for him, Robin was on his way to becoming Batman. Right. So it makes sense that this young Bruce Wayne, who's totally fucking evil and a genius, right? Remember I said, Bruce, you know, if, if Bruce Wayne is evil, fucking he's Dr. Doom. When you look at it that way, right, and all the evil things he's done, if you look at all, because this is the dark multiverse, right? So this is all the evil versions of Batman, no good versions. Mm -hmm. This yeah. is all the evil, tragic versions of Batman. So these are all fucked up stories for Bruce Wayne is in. They're all in terribly. They all end bad. There's no happy ending. Good does not triumph over evil in any of these stories. So if you need that in your comic book, this ain't the one, all right? Yeah. Uh, and some of them, it's nice as an anthology book, but um, I can't say that I enjoyed it because none of it made me feel good. Does that make sense? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right? There's nothing here to make you feel good. There's only something here if you're interested in dark, fucked-up versions of Bruce Wayne. <laughs> that there is... There's murder, right? There is tragedy, right? The Batman T-Rex, right? Which, the B-Rex, they call the it here. The B-Rex, yeah. Right? He got a, a mask and everything. Like, who makes, who's sitting up sewing fucking T-Rex mask? You can't get that shit at Walmart, right? Uh, uh, I like the uh, 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 Batman loves Gotham more than his family. Right? Yeah. Uh, and Willing to sacrifice his only son to save Gotham City without hesitation, because you know Batman's not one to hesitate, right? Uh, uh, and all these different things that happened to him—he got to lose his body and become a car. He got to lose his body and become—and then at the final one, where he dies, I guess, because he's an infant sitting there shitting on himself because he's that fucking little and he can't <laughs> do anything because he miscalculated and there's nothing else to it. Right. I do like the part where in one universe, Bruce Wayne was going to become Dr. Manhattan. Yeah. And that one that, that, that uh, the Batman who laughs, the most tragic Batman of all, found something there that he could use uh, so that he could become this Dr. Manhattan. But these are all fucking bad endings. This ain't no there ain't no nothing to smile about here. It's just fucking, you know, so it really depends on how much you love this this type of thing. Because the entire dark multiverse is entire 
messed up stories, right? This is the ice cream man going way wrong. It takes love and gone. Now, if you're watching, now I put this in the show notes on the last page. You may not have seen it. I took a piece of panel. You can take a look at it from Dark Nights. It's after the last image I put, right? Yeah. And um, this is where the original Batman and Wonder Woman and Harley Quinn White riding a giant hyena is trying to go back and save everybody. And in that universe, in that comic book, they're fighting a bat dark side. Okay. You know, right? <laughs> How bad this could get. So there's a, <laughs> right? So, and while they're doing that, and then, you know, and in that, all the, um, uh, what do you call those beasted dark side sins? What do you call those? Mm. Parademons? Parademons, yeah. Robots. They all say, holy shit, or holy whatever, as they kill you. <laughs> right? Because if you're going to be bad dark side, are you going to make all your parademons robins? Yes. Right? <laughs> and there's a part, and I'm just going to read it. It says, it, and Harley says, it could get tacky. Bats on everything. And Batman says, bats are never tacky. Right? <laughs> He's nice, but you should print that on bumper stickers. And Batman says, I did while you were talking. Now focus. <laughs> right? and, and, and so I'm just thinking, you know, this is so as a poll, this is very dark. You know, they talk about the DCEU being too dark. Yeah, this is even beyond that for sure. This is hella dark. And I'm not enjoying it the way I enjoy event books normally because it's so fucking dark. I feel like uh, uh, DC's been doing that in general, though, with... Um, the year of the villain last year, and then now this. Um. Yeah, but the year of the villain, this is still a continuation, I think, of that. Because the year of the villain also included this Batman who laughs. This well, shit got to be. Right. right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, Purpose so, of this was so that the, the Dr. Manhattan who laughs can defeat Perpetua. So the year of the villain and Perpetua, that is still ongoing. Yeah. And that's why. Stopped. Exactly. That, that's why you have Dr. Manhattan who laughs, someone who can actually face Perpetua. And all of these worlds are just different manifestations of the fears of Bruce Wayne. Like when he battled um, Bane, he feared that, oh, this is me if I were to succumb to um, just be completely about my body and I would have just had venom in me to make me stronger because I only have the limitations of the human. Or if I kill um, Joker, I would be just like Joker. So that's the, that fear. So every one of these worlds, these dark universes are fears. And once and if Batman or Bruce Wayne actually gets over that fear, that world subsides. It dissolves. It's no longer a valid world. But because he holds all these fears within him, these worlds exist. Yeah. yeah so this is very dark. And if you're not into it, by the way, how was my Batman voice? <laughs> not, not as good as Christian Bale. Oh, no, one, no one could be as good as Christian Bale. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, uh, so I would say this is a read because it's got that heavy metal vibe. Mm. I would say don't buy it. Uh, one, because it's sort of a, one of sort of an offshoot in some way, sort of providing explainer for what's happening in the larger books at large for some of those characters because there is a uh, there is a bat b-rex in that book and you wonder where it came from now you know and you know <laughs> there is an evil robin and you wonder where it came from and now you know so this is more explainer so i you know i say it's 
worth a read. I don't say it's worth a buy. And again, I feel like the art sort of deteriorated uh, as we got closer and closer to the end of the book. And it's an, but it is a longer book, right? You get a little more, more for your money, right? 48 pages uh, than your normal $4 book. Well, I was going to uh, say the price has gone up on it too. So it's a, it's a bigger book, but it's also more spendy. It's $6. Oh, shit. Nope. Don't buy it. <laughs> Don't buy it. Find another way. I want to say that, yeah. So when I saw this in in the shop, um, and I'll use this as a way to segue if everybody has final thoughts uh, on Legends mm-hmm. of the Dark Knights death metal. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, I remember seeing this one in the shop and thinking, like, ah, it's six bucks, though. Like, it's a bigger book. But the the much better value uh, in terms of the DC big books the, are the 100-page ones where they reprint old stories and combine it with new stories. So, like, the, the two that I got for the, um, the Crisis on Infinite Earth, those two 100-page books were worth it, I thought, because you get stories that tie into the CW stuff, and then you also get reprints of... Uh, the original books, which was kind of cool. They've done uh, a couple of, um, I think four or five swamp thing, hundred page issues where you get a couple of new stories. You get a Zatanna book you get, you know, and that's all in one single issue and it's four bucks or five bucks. Uh, so it's like normally priced. Uh, this one I felt like was a little much, but I, I get it. You know, this is all brand new stuff, right? So, they're not reprinting anything here. Um, that being said, I did want to talk a little bit about um, DC's new distributor and them moving away from Diamond. Because um, I know that this has caused issues with my shop, at least. Um, they just arbitrarily decided, hey, we're going to do new books on Tuesdays now. And um, I know my guy wasn't able to get his orders in in time because they cut back the deadline to uh, place your orders because they decided that, oh, we're just going to release these on Tuesday now. Um, And then, you know, DC doing uh, digital first books now, um, sort of, you know, going in that direction a little more. So I was just kind of curious what your guys' thoughts were. well, that sounds, the way you describe it, sounds more like a hiccup in the first month as far as you got the deadline changing. Right. right? So, because now he won't meet, meet or the first week, but he won't meet, uh, he won't miss the next deadline because now he knows when it is. Right. Uh, and uh, it also gives you reason. So there's a few things I thought about, and I've been doing some reading too. You know, people come in for comic book day. They come in on Wednesday to get the latest books, Right. But then you could maybe upsell them on something else if you have a store. But if you can have comic book day on Tuesday and Wednesday, you can actually end up selling more. Right? Yeah. In theory, I don't think it's a bad idea. And I'm not saying it actually works that way. But, you know, normally I'm looking at it from the position of the store, right? Once I get you in and your favorite issues are here, and by the way, I got to sell on T-shirts. And by the way, I got to sell on swag, right? Yeah. Uh, there's some digging the crates stuff here that you might be interested in, right? And it's not just DC because a lot of indie people can use these same distributors too. Uh, uh, and then you have to look at the articles that I've been reading, so I'm not going to act like I'm an authority on this. 
the articles that I've been reading that shows that when people are receiving their DC books from their new distributors, there are none missing and there are none torn. Whereas Diamond still is having missing books even now or destroyed books in the process for which the store gets no retribution. Yeah. Um, right. I want to say that um, talking to my guy, he's had bent books from Lunar as well. So, I mean, it happens. I think that's sort of just a casualty of, you know, shipping yeah, something that's... torn and torn and missing. It's, a uh, it's stuff that is happening with Diamond. I don't know if we're getting that from Lunar. Bent books, I get. Yeah. Um, but missing issues you paid for that you can't get back? Yeah, so the other concern with uh, Lunar is the fact that they're, um, I think, partially owned by... Um, DC? Well, they're partially owned by DC, yes, which makes sense, right? DC wants to use their own distributor. But um, I think partially owned by uh, the big the big uh, shop in, in New York City. Yes. Um, I don't know the name of it, but I read that as well, yes. Right, and they have, you know, traditionally they've had, like, their own variant covers that they get. You know, they're exclusive to their store. Um, but now, like, um, you know, for the little guy, the concern is if I have, um, you know, I want to, I want to order so much of a certain type of book does, um, you know, does the, does Midtown then say, well, we need X number of these special okay. limited well, edition. Okay. Books. So that's a whole different conversation as far as how many they print, et cetera. And that's one comic shop. Yeah. So, um, I don't know that that's something we're going to have enough information. If somehow he can't get his order, then that's something to talk about. Right. But speculating on whether there will be enough for you, I don't know if that's worth the energy right now because you just don't know enough. Yeah. And, and you you know, the, who owns Diamond? Just Diamond or a whole bunch of people? I'm not worried about the investors. Uh, DC has a vested interest in making sure everybody can get their success using this new uh, format or this new distributor so I'm not I'm under the impression that they are concerned about that and will address it so I, I'm not open to creating that being a problem as it hasn't been reported as such yet yeah right, right? they're just part owners let them be part owners if they're and they have a vested interest in success if more people if more comic shops want more fucking books they should fucking give it to them right that's more money for them yeah right? i feel the same way yeah um, so i don't i i that that rabbit hole without any evidence i'm not willing to there's always a possibility this looks sort of like a naysayer i see the upside one is if you are a indie comic book company uh i believe it's cheaper to some extent for you. I believe uh, it can get to the comic shop earlier before the Marvel gets in. Uh, uh, I believe it's likely that your books will be there, uh, all of them that were ordered, right? Yeah. And for uh, so I think there is more upside than there is downside, right? Because I can clearly point to the things that are already in place to increase the upside, where I feel like downside is more speculation. Yeah, uh, and I, I, I could see like if you were companies are stuck. Go ahead. I'm if, sorry. Yeah, if you're an independent um, guy, you know, making your own book or whatever. Um, I know Previews World, the um, the big previews book that Diamond puts out to mm -hmm. get distributors and shops interested in carrying new books. 
that can be extremely expensive. So I don't know if um, if Lunar has anything that's similar to that, uh, but maybe a little bit cheaper. You know, that or could be a good. My way. thought is just make that digital and make everybody have a login. Well, no, but I mean, you still have to pay f- uh, to get your book advertised, right? Yes. Yeah. But I mean, uh, uh, again, this is sort of, I, I don't know. First, number one is I don't know the answer uh, because we're not in the game. We're sort of tangent yeah. at best in the game. So that would be a good question that I would invite you to ask your comic guy. Yeah. But if I am a comic shop owner, and I'm not, so I don't know the ins and outs, so know that going in to what I'm going to say. Uh, the, the landscape has changed, and you have to make adjustments so that you can come out on top, right? Because as a comic shop owner, you don't produce new content, right? Yeah. You distribute the content. So you have to do things and find ways to make it, and I think there's some opportunities here if they are spun properly. Now, I don't know if you don't have the manpower because I don't know what the margins are. I don't know about a lot of those things. But if you got people, you're paying overtime to get all these books up and stocked because everything comes on Wednesday, and now you can pay them only four hours because it comes on Tuesday and Wednesday, maybe there's some money to be made there, right? Maybe there's some less bigger transition. Because if all the books, if you got hundreds of, 100 different issues, uh, varying quantities coming in, yeah, you guys working late to do that, right? You guys are really trying to, you know, everybody's all hands on deck on Wednesdays, right? <laughs> yeah, or Tuesday night, yeah. Yeah, or Tuesday night, right? So uh, uh, maybe now it's half hands on deck on Monday night and the other half on Tuesday nights. And right. maybe it's such a shit show. I don't know if this is true, by the way. I'm just making it up as a possibility. But I do believe that competition of its nature, the very competition is a good thing. And Diamond had no competition, and comic book shops have been suffering because of that. Is there going to be challenge in the transition? Yes. But I still believe that competition overall is a good thing. Absolutely. Yeah. Just like I'm not a fan of Epic Games, right? But I get all the, I take all their free stuff. Right. right? Yeah. I think competition is a good thing. Did you get the Total War? They gave away Total War for free, the new one. No, I'll add it to my account, though. I don't know if you'll be able to get it now. It was only for one day. Uh, but anyway, uh, uh, so it's not for me a matter of whether I like the new distributor. It's the fact that I like that there is a new distributor. Yeah. That's where I'm coming from. And I like that, you know, I can still just go in on Wednesday, by the way. Right? But my yeah, favorite still, yeah, I'd be out of. Depending on, yeah, depending on how many people came in on Tuesday to buy their DC books, you you yes. might be able to still pick them up. But, you know, if I'm at the level where I'm doing pull lists, then I'm good. But if I'm at the level where I just show up and see what I want, I may miss out on some books. Yeah. Uh, and that's, that could, who knows how that works, right? How, um, so I think that uh, comic shops have to adjust to the new landscape because they're not content creators, right? Like if you were, we do a YouTube channel, uh, we may be creating on content, but if we talk about, uh, a political news, we really depend on whether or not pol- political people do something stupid. If they have a week where they don't do anything stupid, we're fucked, right? <laughs> we can't we have nothing to pundit about, right? Yeah. Uh, so uh, comic shop are in that part in the chain where they're going to have to make adjustments. And I think this competition, long term, maybe not short term, 
long-term is a good thing. But, again, my opinion. All right. Um, we got another item on the uh, roundtable list here. There's a possibility that Disney is going to work with the original uh, X-Men animated series creative team to do maybe another X-Men animated series. Um, I'm kind of excited. To everyone's shocking, to everyone's shocking surprise, as am I. I am excited because I would then watch and maybe become an X-Men fan. I'm actually in love with the old series, the Saturday morning X-Men cartoons. So if they reinvent the wheel, if they come out with the reboot or a continuation, I'm excited about that. Okay. So they have already tried to reinvent the wheel. Remember when they did an animated series where everybody was younger? Talk about X-Men Evolution. Yes. Which the right, last yeah. season everybody. was actually really good. The first, okay. I think, two were not the best, right. but... Right. Okay. And then they tried again with a new series called Wolverine and the X-Men. Did you watch that? Not as good, but uh, yeah, I remember it. All right. So uh, uh, I like the idea of there being more X-Men animated series, but trying to put lightning in the bottle again and trying to reduplicate and all of a sudden it's going to be great. And it's from, you know, oh, uh, and, and on a tangent, but a parallel to this, did you know that, you know, they were making a live action uh, airbender avatar for netflix right and the creators have walked away from it oh, wow. gonna, but the creators have said creative differences we're not going to be part of it anymore so there will still be a live action avatar series but the creators will not be part of it interesting uh, uh, i know the movie wasn't the best yeah but that's in my Shyamalan's fault so <laughs> let's just be real on that he you don't put him for blockbuster movies uh, um so I am happy for there should be because there should be a, there should be a Justice League series. There should be an, a, a, an X Men series because I still firmly believe that X Men are not really part of the Marvel universe. They just faking it, right? <laughs> All right, they're just you know phoning it in, right? They we're like, oh, we're we're saving the world. Yeah, we're saving the world too. Uh, but we how can we never run into each other? I don't, <laughs> how come it's interplanetary? The X Men are fighting. Where are the Avengers? I don't know. Where are the X Men? I don't know. But somehow it's on the same planet. I still. <laughs> believe that X-Men is in a different universe than Marvel. They just show up. Sometimes their universes touch, and then they go off on each other again, right? Uh, uh, it's sort of like what they say, how uh, DuckTales and Darkwing Duck are the same universe, but not. Yeah. Right? I think that's, that's how I feel about X-Men. Am I ex excited? Am I looking forward to a new X-Men series? Yes. Will I watch it? Of, of course I will, and I hope to enjoy it. Right, but let's just let's just look at Marvel's uh, uh, run on animated series in the last decade, and because the X Men is older than a decade, right? Right. What's the last Marvel animated series you loved in the last decade? The Guardians of the Galaxy one that they did. It's not that bad. It's, you're right. It's pretty good. It's yeah, you're right. yeah. But beyond, but then not the critically acclaimed. No. Right. Not uh, uh not loved. Not the way X Men is. Uh, so I'm looking forward to it. I'm not putting any money on it. Okay. That's going to be good. Um, but yes, they should have been doing this. That's just money to be made. Come on, man. Right. Right? That's more costumes, more action figures. Why, why would they, right? And then now let's talk about the fact that Marvel and is, is it Marvel or is it DC having the big layoff? Who had the big layoff recently? Um, 
That I, I don't DC. know. I didn't read about yeah. that. Warner Brothers had a big layoff. DC Comics had a big layoff. I don't know if Marvel did also. No, in fact, it's Marvel. Uh, let's see. I'm just going to type in Marvel layoffs. 2020. All right. And we'll see. Yep. DC Universe gutted by layoffs. Marvel TV to cut staff in new development deals. Uh, uh, Disney furloughs hit labels. So both comic book companies. Now, in theory, Marvel shouldn't run out of money because they should just be able to use that money they get from fucking doing one movie, right? One movie should fund Marvel Comics for two or three years. Yeah, right? yeah. Uh, uh, but maybe they're keeping the money separate uh, uh, because we know the, Mar the movies make money. So if we have these big layoffs, a whole bunch of books are getting canceled, right? They already talked about some of those books that are going away. Some stuff is going purely digital. And by the way, you brought up a thing about digital. Only, only, only non-bad-selling books are going digital only, right? Let's just be real, right? The major X-Men books are never going to go digital only. The major Avengers books are never going digital only. The major Batman books are never going digital only. Right. Only, uh, uh, so I don't really, now I don't know as a comic shop owner if I make a lot of money on the candy books. Maybe I do, right? Maybe people buy, maybe kids come in and they just want a Batman book. Right, and here's one. I got plenty of them, right? right? Because they're great books, right? So maybe comic shops are affected. I don't know enough about that. But I know that the digital-only books tend to be not as good. Not tend to be. I would say they all are not as good. <laughs> uh, that, that's my take on that. Okay. Uh, but anyway, anything else? What else you got? I think that was, uh, I think that's about it. We're coming up on the 90-minute mark. So it's been a good episode, guys. Sir, I think so. Can't wait for the next one. All I right. For you. And on that note, if anybody has anything they'd like to add before we head out, um, you know, as it stands currently, still not an X Men fan. August sixteenth, twenty twenty. Remember, you can uh, send us an email at where is that, Matt? Oh yeah, cornercomicsofficial at gmail dot com. Uh, go right. ahead and send us your thoughts. And we will read it. We will read and it, yes. We will read it on the air. <laughs> it's a lot of expletives. Only I can read it because I'm the one only allowed to cut <laughs> that level. Uh, but if it's nicer, then these other guys might read it. Yeah, uh, and if and you're... Me, I want to hear about it. And if you're uh, watching us on BitChute uh, or listening to us uh, through your podcatcher, Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, or Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can catch us live on twitch.tv slash cornercomics every Sunday at 9, or every other Sunday, depending on uh, whether or not one of us doesn't want to do the show, uh, or isn't feeling well. Um, so yeah, it's still a mostly weekly comic book reading club. Yeah. And by the way, if you listened to our last episode and you heard me rant on how evil Professor Xavier is, I went and put it all into a nice, succinct, clear article uh, entitled Professor X is of the X-Men is Evil and a Mind Rapist. And you can find that along with my evidence on cornercomics.net. And I invite your feedback. Indeed. And on that note, we're out.
What if there was an evil bat? You know what I'm saying? An evil Batman Thor. That's what I want. Right? Give me that. 